Mobile is the future. Use it to power up your profits. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Our show focuses on the latest news and information impacting mobile marketers, publishers, and technologists. We speak with the power players of mobile monetization. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Please welcome our host, Wen Tu. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, the ultimate platform to run your mobile business. This is your host, Wen Tu, and each week we discuss a key aspect of the mobile industry with the mobile thought leader. Programmatic has changed the face of online advertising, but there's still confusion around what it is actually doing. Today, we have Robert Brill from Brill Media Consulting to tell us about programmatic advertising in the mobile I'll start that again. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble, the ultimate platform to run your mobile business. This is your host, Wen Tu, and each week we discuss a key aspect of the mobile industry with the mobile thought leader. Programmatic has changed the face of online advertising, but there's still a lot of confusion of what programmatic actually is, especially when we think about mobile. Today, we have the pleasure of having Robert Brill to tell us about programmatic advertising in the mobile industry. In 2013, Robert founded Brill Media Consulting, and recently he founded AudienceBoom.com. He is an accomplished digital media executive and entrepreneur, knowing known for connecting brands and consumers through the strategic use of digital and social channels, data, and programmatic media. Welcome to the show, Robert. Thank you. Hey. So with Q4 being around the corner, and Q4 is the busiest season, especially for publishers and marketers, what are some key things they should be aware of and be prepared for? Sure. So programmatic media uh, and mobile advertising is critically important. It's changing the way advertisers uh, reach the marketplace. And really mobile advertising lets con- uh, the advertiser get in front of the consumer in a way that's very personal. You generally have the mobile phone on you all the time. And as such, uh, this presents a unique opportunity for advertisers to take advantage of location and uh, behavioral attributes based on where the user uh, goes throughout the day. So uh, if I'm an advertiser taking advantage of mobile marketing, I'm thinking about ways to leverage data and location uh, to ensure my messages are tailored to the unique user's interests and needs. And with that targeting capability, taking the ability to then uh, pull back that information and understand what the larger consumer set is saying uh, is really kind of some of the key features and capabilities that programmatic mobile media offers marketers. So it sounds like programmatic uh, media or programmatic advertising is just a very smart way of targeting users out there with your message. Why do you think there's so much confusion about programmatic right now? So programmatic advertising is a what I would estimate to be a 10 to 15 year evolution in advertising. Mm -hmm. And certainly programmatic is not just about mobile. It's about display. It's about data. It's really about those bits and pieces of information that consumers leave in in the marketplace uh, as they surf the web, as they go about their day. And programmatic is about capturing that information, making good use of it, and tying that data and information with uh, advertising space. 
So programmatic is confusing in the marketplace because, first of all, there are a lot of acronyms and terms in the marketplace that traditional media folks may not be familiar with. But yeah. secondly, it's difficult because uh, it's consuming. Uh, it's uh, confusing because the way in which you approach a programmatic campaign is very different than the way you uh, approach a traditional digital campaign. So whereas with a traditional digital campaign, a salesperson and a media buyer get together, they talk about the campaign parameters, they negotiate over placement and rates and how the campaign will be reported. Programmatic advertising, generally speaking, is about using uh, automation to make that advertising purchase and then using mm -hmm. automation to understand how the campaign did and then again using automation and data to optimize the campaign. So a lot of the work that ad networks have done and people with much more technical sophistication have been put to good use in the past uh, who didn't work at ad agencies Today, a lot of the media buyers at ad agencies are being asked to do the work that they normally didn't do in the past. So it's, a, it's an evolution, and it started with the use of remnant inventory uh, to sell inventory to sell at scale. For, so for Yahoo, for Google, for a lot of these players who had lots of inventory to sell, uh, programmatic was a great way to offload that inventory at any price whether it be one uh -huh. cent, two cents, 25 cents a dollar, that's still better than not selling that inventory at all. But because there's so yeah. much of that, uh, it started as a way of selling remnant inventory, but today it's a way of selling most inventory, and it's becoming the way of selling premium inventory. Got it. And so to semi-quote Marissa Meyer of Yahoo, the opposite of programmatic isn't premium, but the opposite of programmatic is manual. Would you agree with her? Wholeheartedly, uh, there's there's two ways of operating campaigns today. There's the human scale or the human mode of operations, and then there's the programmatic or the automated way. So as I'm thinking about clients, whether they be advertisers, agencies, or publishers, the publishers or any anyone within that group who gets programmatic, they get the power that comes with automation. And with that yeah. automation, you're able to do things and make decisions uh, at exponentially at an exponentially greater rate than humans can do. So you're okay. serving ads based on rules. Uh, you know, millions of ads a second are being bought and sold in an auction. In fact, within two hundredths of a two hundredth of a, sorry two hundred milliseconds of an ad being uh, of a web page being loaded, within those two hundred milliseconds, uh, an auction takes place, and that's just humanly not possible. Uh, and so you have uh, people bid or advertisers bidding on inventory uh, from different parts of the country and different parts of the world based on information that just isn't wasn't available in the past. And if it was, it certainly couldn't be auctioned off in two hundredths of a of a second. So there are scale issues here that the human sort of method of operating just doesn't just can't can't handle. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because programmatic is becoming very popular to a lot of premium publishers, hence, you know, much more valuable inventory is being sold this way um, and prices are going up. Um, what do you think was really the, the, the driver of why prices have gone up or why the premium publishers have decided to go programmatic? 
Sure. So uh, according to a forecast by eMarketer, uh, by 2016, uh, programmatic advertising will be a 20, just over a $20 billion business. And that's across all, all digital media. And of that, of that portion, about $8 billion are going, is going to be tied to real-time bidding or, or the open exchange auction inventory. And then uh, there's a middle ground there where there's a smaller private auction available inventory that's about $3 billion. And then um, automated guaranteed and unreserved fixed rate, which are the more premium types of inventory, are set to represent about $8.5 billion. Mm-hmm. And the reason the reason inventory is being sold, the reason more premium inventory is being sold is because it, it makes sense from a from an operation standpoint. It it takes fewer humans and it ultimately costs less in labor and operations costs to operate mm-hmm. media campaigns through programmatic channels. So yeah. um, th- one of the big challenges that was holding back digital media as a whole was it you know, to spend a million dollars in digital media took many more humans to operate that campaign than to spend a million dollars in a television buy because yeah. television becomes more expensive. Um, there are fewer iterations of the creative to run and you set the, you set the campaign, you wait for the report and optimization doesn't happen as quickly. But with digital before the, the sort of advent and evolution of programmatic advertising, it, took a lot of humans to run these million-dollar digital media campaigns because they could be broken out in so many different channels. But programmatic kind of alleviates that in to a degree because it just takes fewer humans to operate programmatic campaigns. So it benefits publishers, it benefits advertisers, and it benefits agencies to be able to spend lots of money by setting rules and optimizing in and out of the top-performing sites or publishers or apps rather than just doing things in a lot more of a manual way. So why is inventory being, why is more premium inventory being spent, uh, being delivered through these programmatic channels? Because we see that programmatic works for remnant inventory. We see that it, it saves on labor costs. And then ultimately, uh, if it saves on labor costs and you can still continue to spend that, spend that, uh, run that inventory uh, with fewer humans, then you want to put all your inventory or most of your inventory, anything that can fit within programmatic channels, you'd want to put them into those into those much more um, operationally efficient channels, essentially. So that's why more inventory is going to become premium. It's it's better for everyone. It's so interesting to hear how programmatic has evolved in the last 10 to 15 years. We've been learning so much about programmatic with Robert Brill. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly with more mobile power and profit right after this break. Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's Maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio, T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. 
When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Wen Tu. Welcome back to Mobile Power and Profit. Robert Brewer has been teaching us so much about programmatic today. Um, in the last segment, Robert, you told us about how programmatic has evolved from its remnant uh, history to much more premium, much more scale, um, and that it's growing to a multi-billion-dollar industry. But would love to understand how programmatic really affects mobile, seeing that mobile uh, always throws a wrench in a lot of people's operations, especially when it comes to advertising. Could you tell us a little bit more about how programmatic um, has played out in the mobile landscape? Sure, programmatic with mobile is. Good and bad. So the up the upside of mobile and programmatic is that consumers take their mobile phone everywhere they go, and it's a real good indicator of how consumers play out their lives in the physical in the physical space. Where they go, which restaurants and stores they tend to go into or be near near to. Uh, mm-hmm. So when you're thinking about mobile. The upside is that it's everywhere. It's with you. You always have a device that you can serve an ad to, and you always have, uh, you know, mobile apps and mobile web, interf- you know, media that consumers are uh, are consuming. And so, you also have the benefit that consumers are using the mobile phone uh, to take uh, to fill the time when they're waiting in line. More snackable content. They're watching video. They're playing games, and you're creating new media time when that time couldn't be, con- couldn't be used to consume media in the past, right? When yeah. people are mobile phones, you couldn't be in line playing a game, and therefore there were, no- there were fewer opportunities for those types of ads. The downside is that the key um, capability of tracking uh, consumer behavior and not to mention post-ad consumption activity, i.e. conversions on the site, the cookie, you can't – it's – there are very limited ways that cookies can be used within mobile inventory and mobile ad tracking. So essentially, uh-huh. uh, it's sort of evolving the way media agencies and advertisers are using uh, uh, ad buying techniques. So instead of using cookies, you have uh, the IDSA on, Google, on uh, Apple and you have the, the Google uh, ID, um, the Android ID. So you have these uh, device IDs that are being used to identify specific mobile phones. Uh, yeah. And those are 
not those don't work very well with cookies. Uh, so you have a whole new set of sort of challenges that in some ways take us a step or two back, but ultimately will take take the industry forward. Um, so some of the, you know, the targeting capabilities within mobile include uh, by device, by carrier, um, how the consumer is being uh, connected, uh, whether it's by Wi-Fi or by cellular coverage, et cetera. Uh, it's interesting because behavioral targeting in mobile really means looking at the ways in which the places in which the consumer goes and making hopefully really informed, statistically significant assumptions about what the user is or is not doing. So, for example, if if my mobile device it happens to go to Best Buy, happens to be within the physical location of a Best Buy based on latitude and longitude on a regular basis, well, one indication of that could be that I work at Best Buy. But it could also be that I'm a big consumer technology. Uh, I'm a big pr- uh, a consumer of technology products. Uh, if I happen to be going, spending a lot of time going to uh, different car lots over the course of 60, 90, 120 days, uh, that could be an indicator that I'm in the market to purchase a car. So mm-hmm. you actually have the ability to use behavior, the physical behavior of a human within physical space, uh, to make uh, targeting, ad targeting decisions in a way that was didn't exist before the creation and the usage of the mobile device. So it takes behavior and puts it into a physical space, which I think is pretty interesting. Then you have the whole issue of deterministic versus probabilistic targeting, which is really uh, deterministic is what's the, so the, 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 the cookie tar the, I'm sorry, the device targeting is really, or, or the cross device targeting is who is this user is the user who yeah. looks at my, de- who, who is on a mobile device it's the same user who looks at um, a web page on a computer. Are they the same user? And so you have an interesting sort of situation where you have these walled gardens, whether it be Facebook, Google, Twitter, uh, Yahoo even, uh, to a certain degree, who have the ability to have cross-device data in a deterministic way. They know for sure with 100% accuracy who the user is and that email, you know, a certain email address is tied to a specific set of device IDs, whether it be a computer or a mobile phone. Uh, and then you have uh, these probabilistic partners like Drawbridge and Thinkneer and other ones who look at different sets of data to make an assumption about who the user is based on hundreds of data points that come in through um, through tags or, or through data that are defined by the inventory that come in. So anyway, it, it presents a new set of challenges, but with those challenges come a new set of opportunities for different companies to really uh, make uh, make us you know provide solutions for the marketplace. So it's good and it's bad. And and as things happen within the space, um, the change that happens generally provides an opportunity for new companies and new players. Yeah, it's it sounds like such a conundrum in which mobile allows so much more data to be connected uh, collected, whether it is the probabilistic or deterministic data that you talked about you know, bringing in location, um, just the availability of data. However, collection of it, um, because it's cookie-based, isn't very effective, which brings me to mobile. There's sort of two worlds of mobile. There's mobile web, and then there's the native um, uh, apps in which users will download a particular app onto their device. And with iOS 9 being announced and content blocking, i.e. ad blocking in play, how does that affect 
these two worlds of mobile? Well, I mean, that's really the philosophical question about advertising and its own demise, <laughs> I, I think. Um, you know, I think it remains to be seen. I mean, certainly consumers uh, have uh, an unhappy relationship with advertising. They, they take advertising uh, because there's no way to block it. And now that there's a way to block it, um, the more sophisticated uh, consumers will, will block it. Yeah, but this blocking is I only that, for mobile web. As I understand iOS 9, that it only affects sure. um, Safari-initiated um, websites, right? And so right now it seems like native apps are still um, protected a bit from this content blocking announcement. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that whole conversation really points points towards new ways for for consumers to be delivered messaging. And I think that's a mm -hmm. really strong sort of segue into a conversation about influencers and content creators. And, you know, we're to a certain degree from the content creation side, we're at this sort of place where paid media, a lot of just consumers aren't, would rather not have paid media ads across any media if they, if they could avoid it. Uh, but then you have these content creators on Twitter, on Vine, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Snapchat, who all create content and, ha and who, whose channels are being sponsored by advertisers in a non-traditional way. Their content is being created to look exactly like the rest of the content that is um, – the, the, the ad messages are, are look exactly like the rest of the content that's being created. And ultimately, I think sort of the rise of ad blocking in general points to a, a great, huge opportunity for content creators across these social platforms to become their own – really sort of important media channels. Um, yep. You look at Zach King on Vine and you look at some of these Snapchat stars and, and they really yeah. have, they're, they're their own media company. And a lot of that content is being consumed on mobile. In fact, you have a whole mobile studio on your iPhone or your, your Android phone. You can create content, you can edit it, you can upload it, you can acquire audiences. You never have to use a computer again if you really don't want to. And that's, I think that points to the future of, mobile media consumption, mobile creation. It's a very democratic world for content creation right now. Yeah. Well, it sort of sounds like it's almost a rerun of what we were talking in the first segment about advertising being very manual or human-centric um, versus, versus programmatic being about scale and data and automation. So when it comes to content creation, it, it sort of seems like we're rerunning or playing that telenovela all over again. What, what's your take of how content creation goes to scale? Sure. So if, if you look at a sort of a continuum of high, you know, high volume, so large scale, you know, inventory that has lots of scale and you don't, you don't need to spend, it's, it's automated, it's programmatic. And on the same continuum, on the exact opposite end, you have inventory that is essentially custom created. It's, it's, it takes a lot of time to create and it's not scalable at all. So on one side, you have programmatic. On the other side, you have influencer marketing. And in the middle, you sort of have um, native ads. And native ads are sort of the middle ground where the content um, and the advertising seem to kind of intermix. A great example of that are sponsored posts or sponsored news stories within uh, Facebook, as an example. Uh, so, you know, I think, I think at the end of the day, the, the challenge that, that programmatic has and a lot of programmatic vendors, salespeople, executives have is a lot of people lose sight of the fact that creativity trumps 
data in the eyes of consumers, right? Consumers don't see the data, they see the creativity. So if, if I'm a consumer and all I see are these banner ads, but then I see like Zach King doing something interesting on Vine with an HP ad, for example, yeah, I mean, that's going to catch my attention. And, there, and you don't have to be Zach King. You could be a, a mid-level person with not as many followers and maybe not even as much talent. But for your audience, you will have an influence, whether your audience is 10 or 20,000 people or a million, or if you're PewDiePie and you have 20 million subscribers on YouTube, you know. So I think marketers have to think in terms of scale. And you have to create content that is that that is scalable. You have to reach the right number of folks so that you, you generate the right number of sales across the country. But individually, individual influencers um, become critically important to the way that marketing evolves. And I think you're seeing a lot of action right now in the influencer marketing space. And a lot of people talking about sort of the automation of that, but it really comes down to creativity. And I think you're in this point where, where this is the new Hollywood. This is these are content creators. These are new formats. Each individual is its own format, but so that's difficult, right? Because an advertiser needs to scale. They have all these unique, disparate formats. Um, but ultimately, if that's what works, advertisers' businesses will evolve into that place where you take you take the data and automation on the programmatic side so that's you know you do that that's really important for one type of marketing but to sort of round out the marketing mix you also need these human centered content pieces to make to round out that impact that you have in the marketplace Great. Thank you. This has been Robert Brill talking about programmatic and influencer marketing and how to find the right balance, especially in mobile. Keep listening for more mobile power and profit. Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. 
power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Wen Tu. Thank you for staying tuned to Mobile Power and Profit. We've been sitting here with Robert Brill talking about programmatic influencer marketing and as marketers, how do you find that perfect balance where you get both the creativity, innovation um, of influencer marketing, but the scale of programmatic. So, Robert, in the last segment, you were really going back and forth between how marketers really just have to determine what the right balance is between the two. But in mobile in particular, it seems like there's external forces at play um, that are making marketers, let's say their hands are being um, pushed in a certain way with content blocking and ad blocking and things like that. So what are some technologies that will help marketers make that balanced decision? So I think when it comes to mobile, Taking advantage of, of, of the geolocation data that, that's in mobile devices, I think is critically important. Um, I know, I know someone at a, uh, <laughs> at a demand side platform, uh, they, they do mobile targeting and, uh, the person I spoke to, she did a hyper local, um, ad campaign to her friends who are, who are getting married at a hotel and she, I don't know, maybe spent a hundred or $150 serving ads that weren't actually ads. They're just congratulatory messages to people who happened to be at the hotel during the time of that wedding reception over the course of a weekend uh, to, uh, to congratulate them. And the advertising appeared within the paid, within the paid media space, but it was just standard, standard congratulatory messaging. So I think the use of hyper-local advertising today is very important and is scalable for local businesses and for large businesses alike, right? So if I'm a restaurant uh, I can serve an ad to people who come within a two-block radius or even a one-block radius of, of my yeah. physical location or, or half a mile or a mile, whatever the case may be. And if I'm a, a big big box retailer, you can use the same technology to push out coupons when people are within certain distance of my location or push out coupons when people are at uh, my competitor's locations. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think the future of programmatic uh in fact, is hyper-local paid media because it's scalable. You don't have to spend a lot of money to actually get a lot of impact. Uh, you don't, you're not wasting money on users who are, who are too far away. I live in Los Angeles, and I'm seeing ads for, I don't know, Downey. I don't know where Downey is. I think I've been there once or twice, but if I see an ad on television for a restaurant in Downey, I'm never going to go there which I know mm-hmm. for television, local television advertising, that's how you get the best rate and whatnot. I get all that. But yeah. with 
mobile media, I mean, it's it's really powerful to serve an ad to a user within a couple of block radius because we know those are the people who are most likely to be interested um, in the product. So yep. uh, that's, I think, generally speaking, uh, that's a very important uh, tactical capability that mobile provides. And what about the future of influencer marketing and mobile? Any last parting thoughts that you would like to give to our listeners out there? Uh, the same principle applies. Influence and marketing, there are, there's influence large and small. So if I'm a big brand advertiser and I need lots of scale, I use larger influencers. If I am a smaller business or a local restaurant, I want to find people, say, for example, on Twitter and Instagram who are in my neighborhood in the general vicinity of Los Angeles or West, West Los Angeles, whatever the case may be, uh, to talk about my product, my restaurant, my dog walking service, whatever it is, I want them to talk to, to talk about my business because I know their audience, their Twitter followers, et cetera, are generally going to be located in, on the west side of Los Angeles because that's all the account talks about. So influence is scalable. Depending on what you're trying to do, it's inexpensive. Certainly, video is more expensive than you know Twitter posts, things like that. Um, and it's if I have the choice between buying paid media ads and and building out a Twitter account or building out a Tumblr or Instagram page, uh, if my business aligns with those types of communications uh, channels, I would rather put my limited, highly limited resources into social, max that out and then push money into paid media. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So it has been great talking to you, Robert. Robert Brill has been talking to us about programmatic marketing and also influencer marketing, some key things that he's been telling us about how programmatic has evolved over the last 10 to 15 years and how right now more than ever, especially in mobile, marketer needs to balance the scale of programmatic, but also the niche and hyper-localness that you can get with influencer marketing and the geo-targeting capability of programmatic marketing. Um, It's been great having you on the show, Robert. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Wen. Appreciate it. Great. And to our listeners, remember, you can find this and more podcast episodes of Mobile Power and Profit in the iTunes Store or simply go to mobilepowerandprofit.com. Tell us what you thought of today's episode on social media using the hashtag RumbleMPP. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble, the ultimate platform to run your mobile business. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.